Good morning. It is Monday, March 1st. This is Blake Wilson, Lifeline's Vice President of Operations. And today we're going to be looking at the Lifeline Faith Statement. We're actually on to point number 12 today on marriage. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open that up to Genesis chapter 2. But we are on point 12 of 13, and today we're going to be looking at at marriage. This statement says, as we just want to jump in, it says, We believe that marriage is a sacred covenant between God and man, between one man and one woman instituted by God from the beginning of creation. So let me read that one more time. If you're like me, um, I like, I'm like i a visual learner, and if I don't see it, it's hard for me to, to process it. Um, so let me say that again for you listeners. It says, We believe that marriage is a sacred covenant before God and man between one man and one woman instituted by God from the beginning of creation. I think that I think that's where we start is that from the beginning of creation God has created marriage. From the very beginning he created marriage. And I think that if if we if we look back at the beginning of this this study on Lifeline's faith statement I had the privilege of launching this out and kicking kicking us off with point number 1. Um, about 12 weeks ago at this point, or 13 weeks ago. And that very first point is talking about Scripture and how Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, but the Scripture is inerrant, it's infallible, and it's sufficient in all manners of conduct. So when you look at everything, this is all This is all we need. The Scripture is our compass. The Scripture is our blueprint to life. It's where we find our answers and if we truly look at the scripture and say that it's infallible and sufficient, then we understand that the guide that it sets and the definition that it sets for marriage is truth. It is truth. It's an infallible description, and it is our ultimate guide to marriage. So if the Bible tells us that marriage is between one man and one woman, and it's instituted from the beginning of creation, we know that God has designed it a perfect way. God has not made mistakes. So when he created marriage, he had a purpose for it. So when we take things into our own hands, this is when we make an absolute mess of stuff. And if you, you know, just to take a step back and look at our world and where we live, guys, we have made an absolute mess of this, trying to redefine marriage in what we believe it should be instead of looking to the way God has designed marriage from the very beginning. And we're going to look in Genesis chapter 2. But I, if I, think it, I think when you look at the state of the world that we live in now and how it has drastically changed over the past 25 years, um, it's kind of, it'll make your head spin. Because if you look back 25 years ago, we had the Defense of Marriage Act. And really the purpose of this was just to define marriage and to and to remind everybody about what it is about how powerful marriage is is defending marriage and saying this is what God created marriage to look like 25 years ago as traditional marriage as the way the Lord created it and as the way we're going to study in a few minutes is in Genesis chapter 2 this is marriage well here we are now in 2021 and if you remember 6 or 7 years ago we did a complete overhaul on this again. And now we tried to redefine marriage to make it more culturally acceptable, to make it less offensive, to make it um, adapt. Because we think, 
we know as as creation what is better we have a viewpoint that the creation knows better than the creator and that the creator's representation or definition of marriage is incorrect so we've taken it into our own hands and and now we've tried to redefine marriage and we've made a train wreck of this so why do we need to why do we need to try to reinvent the wheel why do we need to try to redefine things when we know that what the lord has put in place is for our good he's created marriage for our good and for our benefit but yet we are fighting against it and you know it's reminded of me being a parent and my kids and and the things that I'm trying to do to discipline them to guide them to strengthen them that is all for their good but they fight against it right as as a little child they fight against what i have um, put in place as with the best of intentions with with their best of their their future in mind to see them grow up as disciples of the Lord, um, they're just, they, you know, they fight against it. And isn't that such a picture of, of what we're dealing with today, of, of us as cre- creation, of the Lord's creation, trying to redefine and fight against something He has put in place for our good. Because we don't need to redefine this. We have the blueprint. We have the guide. We have the definition of what the Lord intended marriage to be. And it is found in our scriptures. And if we believe the scriptures are without error, then let's use that to learn and to train our thoughts on what marriage is. It's already been defined. Let's not look to the courts. Let's not look to our neighbor. Let's not look to a friend to define or influence us on what marriage is. Guys, the Lord has already said this and defined it for us. And let's look now at Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 18 through 24. And it says, When the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And now out of the ground the Lord had formed every beast and every field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man so that he he could name them. And whatever he called that living creature was its name. And the man gave names to the livestock and the birds of the heavens and every burst of the field. But at, but for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And while he slept, he took one of the ribs and he closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord had taken from the man, he made into woman and he brought her to man. And then the man said, this is, this is at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and he hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Because marriage was God's design. We see that in Genesis chapter 1, and then it's put into context in Genesis chapter 2, because he makes it clear that marriage is meant between male and female. God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, man and woman, male and female. In Genesis one twenty seven, that's clearly defined. And you see this play out in Genesis 2, looking specifically in verse 18. This, you know, this important, um, this important statement, it says, God himself will make a being perfectly suited for him, a woman, a wife. He created a woman as the perfect completion 
for man. He said that man's solitude is not good. It's not, it's not good to be alone. It's not the design of what he wanted. So he created a helper, a helper that's, that is customly created for a man. This is the Lord's design. I, I look at my own marriage and how my wife completes me. Where I'm weak, she is strong. We are a pair. I can't imagine doing life without her because we, um, I truly believe that the Lord, um, Lord has called us together just as the scripture has said. He created woman for man. He created my wife for me. He knew that we were meant to be together and that we um, were going to be better serving him together than we would be independently. He made a helper for me. He has made a woman for a man. The second thing is that, that God gave away the first bride. I think this is a beautiful picture that is often overlooked that we see in Genesis 2, 20, 22, And it says, In the rib that the Lord had taken from man, he made into woman, and he brought her to the man. Guys, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't create woman. He didn't take the rib from Adam. He didn't hide the woman and make Adam go seek her. He made her, and he brought her to him. The Lord created the woman and he gave her to the man. He gave her to Adam. So God gave away the first bride. He gave the woman to the man. And I love this this beautiful picture of marriage and of God giving away um, Eve Eve to Adam. He brought her to him. Guys, he laid laid this woman before the man um, to make it obvious. I I can't have I can't help but laugh as a man. And sometimes I'm my, you know, my wife will validate that I'm just oblivious to what's going on around me. I have a one track mind and I'm, I don't pick up on the right cues Guys, the Lord just brought her. He gave her to Adam. He said, here she, here she is. Um, she is going to complete you. So God gave away the first bride. The third point is God spoke this design of marriage into existence. He, he spoke it. He said, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So he designed it, he modeled it, but then he, he, he said it. He spoke the design of marriage into existence. So a man, a man shall leave his mother and his father, and he shall join together with his wife, and those two will become one flesh. You know, Matthew 19 um, is a beautiful story of of how the Pharisees are trying to test Jesus. And let's look a little bit at his, his, his response. And this is Matthew 19. I'm just going to read um, just a few short verses starting in chapter 3. and it's, or, I'm sorry, in verse number 3 of chapter 19. And it says, And the Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to, to divorce one's wife for any cause? And he answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he said, Therefore a man shall leave his mother and his father, and he hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no no longer two, but they are one. And therefore God has joined together. Let no man separate. And then they said to him, Why then did Moses command one to give her a certificate of divorce and send her on her way? And he said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. The Lord is is telling these Pharisees that the reason divorce is here is because of the hardening of their hearts. And he says at the end of verse 8, But from the beginning, 
it was not so. He's saying that was not the original design of marriage. He's like, this isn't what I intended. If you go back to the book of Genesis and you you read, which the Pharisees were very familiar of this, right? They Many of them had memorized the Torah. They knew the Old Testament. He said, from the beginning, it was not what was created. That's not what I said in the beginning in Genesis. So look back at the words of Moses and what he said. He said, a man shall leave his wife and or leave his parents, his mom and dad, and he should hold fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a permanent, um, a permanent relationship. It is the two becoming one. The man and the woman, in heart, um, are becoming one, one flesh. You know, this was God's design. This is God's design for us. That God joins a husband and wife. In one flesh, and it's him that only does it. And, you know, I had the opportunity to officiate a wedding um, uh, a few months back, and um, you know, I, I loved that that the couple really wanted um, Mark chapter ten verses eight and nine uh, to be read um, in in their vows and at their ceremony. And it's just a reminder for us that that this is the way God created this, and this is what it says: the two shall become one flesh. So that they no longer are two, but they are one. So what a beautiful picture of marriage, right? You, They're no longer two, but they are becoming one. But this is the part that I love. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Guys, this is a permanent union between man and woman. That, that we are reminded of in Mark chapter 10. That this is a, this is a, the way that the Lord has created it from the very beginning. And even as lifeline to, to, to think through, yes, a man is to leave his mother and father and to join with a wife and they are to start a family of their own. But that is just the beginning of the, the of what the Lord's design is for family, to create a family. The scripture teaches that a family was God's idea and that marriage is a div- it's it's a divine and not just um, not just merely a human institution. It is something that the Lord has inspired and created in this this husband and this wife began a family and at lifeline this is what we do we we seek missional minded christian families because we know that a mom and a dad can disciple their children in the ways of the lord to direct their path and appoint them to the savior and this is why we do what we do but it starts with a man and a woman and a husband and a wife focusing on the lord the two becoming one and glorifying the lord in their relationship the implication of this truth um, is a significant need and for the means that, that humans are not free just to renegotiate or redefine marriage, but, but this family is instituted by God. They are called to preserve it and to respect it because it is divinely, divinely instituted. It is from our Lord. So let us look at the holiness of marriage. Let us look at um, the design of marriage and what the Lord has created it to be. So we believe that marriage is a sacred covenant before God and man, between one man and one woman, instituted by God from the beginning of creation.
The Lord has created this beautiful picture of completion between a man and a woman, and we call it marriage. So may we keep it holy. May we um, strengthen our spouses and point them closer to the Lord. And may they do the same to us as we walk this road together. Today, we're going to close at our time in praying for the country of Colombia. And the Lord is just doing some amazing things for Lifeline and our partners. And, and today we just want to pray um, pray for the church there in Colombia. Um, you know, the Lord is doing amazing things and we are seeing the churches step up and the churches get engaged and really take to heart um, what the Lord has called us to do with um, caring for the orphan and caring for the vulnerable in their own context and in their own country. So let's just pray for these countries. Um, Four specific partners that we do want to pray for with these local churches there is is, um, Renacer, Vida Bogota, United, and Gracia La Paz. Um, I'm just grateful to hear the stories of what the Lord is doing, how we are seeing these, um, these believers there in Colombia bring children into their home, um, minister to biological families, to love on these children and and display the love of Christ and just to be the hands and feet. And let's just pray for these pastors as they lead these four churches. Let's pray for these families as they um, as they just follow the call of, of the Lord to care for this these children and really step into this space um, of uncertainty. May they rely on the Lord um, in, in all things. So let's just close our time today praying for the country of Colombia, the program that we have there, and Lord, just and, and guys, just the growth of um, of the program and opportunity that is ahead of us in 2021. God, we are so thankful for today. Lord, thankful to open up your word and just to to be reminded of what you have instituted as a beautiful relationship between a man and a woman. God, may we um, remind ourselves of 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 what you have created. God, may we draw ourselves back to the scripture to find the truths that are in the pages of your word. Um, God, we pray for the marriages of our staff. Lord, just keep them strong, keep them grounded on you. Um, and God, for the marriages of our families that we're serving, um, Lord, what a trying season many of them are in. So God, I just pray today, today for those waiting families Lord, those marriages that may be stressed, God, those marriages that, um, Lord, there's just a, um, Lord, a, a lack of communication, and God, just a time of uncertainty and stress. God, I pray that you draw these couples together during this season. Lord, during a time of uncertainty and wait, God, may you remind them that you are all powerful, God, and that you have drawn them together for this specific purpose and reason. So God, strengthen them. Lord, remind them of of your sovereignty in all things. God, for the church in Colombia and for what you're doing in Renacer and Vida Bogota and United and Gracia La Paz, God, we pray for um, those churches and the influence that they're making around the country of Colombia. Lord, as they minister to... um, their communities, and as these members and Christ followers follow your commands, God, may may you support them and give them the resources they need to care for the most vulnerable around their city. God, I'm so thankful to see the growth and, Lord, just the, the opportunity that you're giving us in this country to see your gospel go forward 
Lord, I'm thankful for the lessons we've learned for the church in Columbia and how they've taken this serious, God. May, the, may our churches look to them as an example of what it looks like to be actively engaged in the community and making disciples. Lord, you are so good, and you've done amazing stuff in the country of Columbia. So, Lord, we pray for these churches. We pray for their pastors. We pray for the the lay leaders and those families who are in the in the turmoil and in the midst and in the fire of what it looks like to foster and adopt. God, may you give them strength and stamina as they disciple their children and, Lord, point them closer to you. So, God, we are just thankful for that. Lord, may you just be with the country as they are seeing the restrictions from uh, the, the quarantine begin to be lifted and life get a little more um, back to normal. God, we pray for um, all of those impacted and how this is going to impact the, the government process of adoption and foster care and what also how the church meets, etc. Be with all those moving pieces and Lord, through it all, may you be glorified. And we ask these things in your name. Amen.